In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Christ is in our midst. In today's Gospel, we hear about a ruler who asked Christ, What shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Christ responds by summarizing the Ten Commandments. To which the, the ruler responds, I've known about those my whole life. And Christ then calls him to an even greater commandment, to sell everything he has, distribute it to the poor, and to follow him. Now, I can identify with this ruler. You know, I'm the kind of guy who believes I belong in the advanced class. I already know the fundamentals, and I think I deserve to be led into the VIP room of God's kingdom. Now, this passage is a particularly interesting one to me because not only do I identify with the headstrong ruler who believes himself to be a master of the commandments, but it is a question I get asked on a regular basis. Rob, you pastorally gifted assistant you, what does a guy like me have to do to live an orthodox life? Well, my commandment-crushing compatriots, we're going to talk about that today and what it takes to inherit eternal life. Now, it is worth noting that the church fathers don't doubt that the ruler in this passage is a genuinely good man. I am sure that he has kept the commandments. I mean, they're not exactly the hardest obstacles to overcome. I mean, don't kill. Don't steal, don't lie, honor your mom and dad, and don't commit adultery. We're not exactly talking about the MCATs here. And from this point of view, living an orthodox life is some, doesn't sound that hard. And it sounds like something just about anybody could do, should they be so inclined. But what's interesting to me is that Christ, who knows this man's heart, doesn't just tell him, oh, sell everything, you're, you're in advance. He does not skip the fundamentals. Christ basically spells out everything he needs to inherit the kingdom. But the ruler isn't satisfied with that answer. His ego and ignorance, his own spiritual being, his ignorance of his own spiritual being, uh, compel him to ask for something entirely out of his depth. Like when I showed up to seminary, had never, having never read or owning a couple, copy of the Bible, and demanding that they let me test out of intro to Old Testament. But you have to hand it to the ruler. He has gumption and lays it on even thicker to the Lord of Lords and King of Kings. But Rob, you critically unprepared and defiant lad, you, Christ didn't reject the ruler at all. He actually gave him more work to do. Well, my zealous and enthusiastic believers, that's where we, as a society, get it all wrong. We hear this calling from Christ to sell everything he has, right? And we think that the Lord is just pushing the ruler harder to get more out of him. Like Christ is some kind of football coach who is trying to get the star quarterback to reach his potential. Nothing could be further from the truth. If you were to visit a doctor and he were to tell you, eat healthy, exercise, get lots of sleep, don't smoke, don't drink, you would think everything is okay. 
But if the doctor told you, you need to drop everything you're doing, sell all the possessions you have, and get ready for a crucifixion, we would probably just have a heart attack right there from the utter shock of that message. And in the same way, Christ is doing everything he can to get this ruler to realize that his ego is killing him. He points the ruler to the commandments, but the ruler is unimpressed. And because the ruler is unimpressed, the Lord sees the severity of his condition. The, ru the ruler has put himself above the commandments of God. He sees them as something to be accomplished, rather than something that is done day in and day out, and will never be perfected, but only practiced. This ruler is in such a position of pride in his wealth, his power, his stature, that only the most severe actions will give him hope of eternal life. Christ isn't telling the ruler to sell everything and give to the poor because he's just that good. He's telling him that if he doesn't, he is going to die. And just like anyone who's given the bad news of any ailment, the ruler walks away sad. He is under the delusion that living the commandments of Christ, living an orthodox life as we are all called to, is something we can even achieve on our own. Christ makes it very clear to us in the passage that overcoming our love of worldly riches and power is something that takes a drastic change in our life that is something we simply do not have the capacity to do on our own. Like, say, threading a camel through the eye of a needle. People come into my office all the time and ask me, what do I need to do to live an orthodox life? And I refrain from giving them the harsh news. No, you can't. There's nothing you can do. Ah, you need a miracle. Instead, I follow Christ's example and I say, come to church. Sundays at 8 a.m. for Orthros, followed by Divine Liturgy at 9.15 a.m. Wednesdays at 6 p.m. for Paraclesis, Saturday night for Vespers at 5 p.m. And once during the week we have Orthros at 8.30 and Divine Liturgy at 9.30 a.m. And just like clockwork, here comes the ruler from today's gospel. Duh, Rob, I know the church schedule. I have the internet. And that's what I know. That's the point when I see it. I see that it will take a miracle to get this person into church. What would it look like if we were to simply never miss a single church service? I mean, honoring your father and mother aside, not killing, all that aside, what about just like getting in the door of living an Orthodox life? What would have to change? Your work schedule would have to change. Your time and family would change. Time with friends, leisure time, vacations, doctor's appointments. Essentially, your whole life would change just for that one thing to obey in that commandment of God. Isn't it plain to see that miracles, the, the amount of miracles Christ would have to work to get you to attend church in perfect attendance? I mean, I practically live here and I don't even get perfect attendance. If we could work even one of God's commandments perfectly, we wouldn't need to ask what should we do to inherit eternal life. 
we would already know. It begs the question, which is more of a miracle? To actually obey God's commandments? To never lie? To never spiritually kill your brother? To never steal? Or to sell everything you have, give the money to the poor, and follow Christ? The very things Christ tells the ruler in today's gospel, the things I assume that I'm just too advanced for, are impossible for any of us, for all of us, without Christ working a miracle in our lives. We live in a world that encourages and demands that we run on self-propulsion, and we've been fed a lie that we can fulfill Christ's commandments if only we work hard enough. And then when we fail to do so, is it any surprise that we walk away sad, despondent, depressed, full of despair and hatred? Today's passage is here to change our minds about what it means to, take, to live an Orthodox life. It's here to change our minds about the severity of our situation, to help us understand that while it is impossible for man to lead a camel through the eye of a needle, to sell everything I have and give it to the poor, or even to obey only one of God's commandments, all of that is possible with Christ in our midst. Christ is in our midst.